Hey, what up? It's Mark Carter. I'm the pastor of Fierce Church. Welcome to our podcast. I'm so pumped that you're able to join us today. I hope this encourages you, inspires you, strengthens you, gives you hope to keep pressing on. And it's my prayer that this sermon gives you a more expansive view of God's love for you. Enjoy the message. Hey, I'm Erica, and I just want to tell you, you're in the right place today. God loves you, and God sees you, and you're in the right place today. I don't know why I'm saying that, but I just feel like that needed to come out. So, okay, let me jump right in this morning. Um, A couple weeks ago, do you guys remember, it was not very long ago, we had that massive rainstorm, and there was tons of power outages, and it was kind of crazy. Well, of course, I was out of diapers in the middle of that. So I ran to Target. I'm coming back out, and I've got, like, big boxes of diapers, because it's smarter to go bulk if you can. And I'm walking out, and all of a sudden, I see this lady, and she's standing in the middle of the parking lot, and she's just kind of standing around, like, she's doing that, that, I think I lost my car thing. And obviously, she didn't lose her car, but she just can't find it, right? She was, she was disoriented and confused, and, um, you know, I, I have an eye for this, and I have kind of a heart for this. My mom had Alzheimer's, and so that moment of, like, I don't know where I am thing, my eye just instantly sees it. So I go up to this lady, and I don't think she had Alzheimer's, but she was obviously confused and lost and and didn't know what, had no idea where her car was. So I go up to her, I'm like, hey, can I help you with something? She's like, I can't find my car, and and our power was out, and so I wasn't even paying attention to where I'd parked my car, and I've got a bum knee because I actually got hit by a car in a parking lot before, and and I just, I can't walk up and down all these aisles. And I was like, you know what? I have good knees, and I have good eyes. Let me help you. So I walk, and I'm like looking with her, and we're looking all over, and honestly, it took a long time, but I'm carrying my diapers all this time. I was like, you know what? Hold on, let me put the diapers away. And then I start walking up and down the whole point of that is, guys, she was physically lost in that moment, and I had an opportunity to help her be found. And it was awesome. It was such a blessing to help her find her car, and she was super grateful. And I didn't say, like, hey, and Jesus loves you, and you should come to my church, and all this stuff, but I just helped her practically in that moment. She was physically lost, but I was able to help her. Well, today we're going to talk about maybe being spiritually lost and having an opportunity to step outside and see people and welcome them in to the family of God. Because when you're lost, you're sad and scared and disoriented. But when you're found, you're full of joy and excitement and you know it doesn't really matter what happens around you. You're in the family, right? So today... We're going to talk about people who are spiritually lost without hope, and they're all around us. Now, what does that, what does this idea of being lost really mean? Well, okay, let's super back to the basics. There is a God who is holy and without any kind of evil in him, and there is sin that is in our world, and because of sin, there is a separation from God, right? But God was not content with being separate from his people. And so he sent his son, Jesus, and he said, hey, I want you to be part of my family. So nothing that we could do got us into the family. It was the gift of Jesus' blood that made us part of the team, right? Okay, so what is amazing at this, though, 
is it didn't just end there. No, God was like, I need little ambassadors. I need little people who are going to go into the world and be the light and help other people come in too. So you and I get to be part of this rescue mission, part of this bringing people in to the family. Matthew 5.14 says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. So as we're going through our Clear Eyes, Full Hearts series, we need to have clear eyes as we're being the light to who is God asking us to speak to today? Who is God putting in our sphere of influence that might be lost and needs to see the light of Jesus because it's the light of Jesus that's enticing. It's the light of Jesus that draws them in. And then we get to have full hearts when we extend that invitation and we see these people come to Jesus because we know the kingdom is never full enough. There is always room for one more, right? Can you say there is room for one more? All right, y'all. So right now we're going to go into John chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, let's... Bear with me. We got a lot of verses to cover today. You ready? So John chapter 1, verse 35. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples, now they were John's disciples, but they saw the Lamb of God and they were like, we got to be with him. So he, they, they heard him say this and then they followed Jesus. Well, turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and spent that day with him. It was about the 10th hour. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who'd heard John, what John had said and who'd followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Then Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas which when translated is Peter. There's a whole nother sermon for that on a different day, but we're just looking at bringing people in. Ready? Here we go. Verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. He found Philip and said, follow me. We saw Andrew instantly go for his brother Simon. Now look at Philip. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, were from the town of Bethsaida. Well, Philip found Nathanael and told him, we found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, here's a true Israelite in whom there's nothing false. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you before you were under the fig tree, before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You shall see greater things than these. He then added, I tell you the truth, you shall see heaven open up and the angel of God ascending and descending on the son of man. Would you guys pray with me real quick before we actually jump in? God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for how you illuminate it. And at different times, we read a passage and different things jump out to us because you want to say different things to us in different times because your word is living and active and it's sharper than any double-edged sword, dividing sword or dividing heart and spirit, Lord. 
So today I pray that as we read your word and we hear what you want to say, God, that you would shut my mouth if there's things I'm not supposed to say. Lord, that you would open our hearts and open our ears to hear what you want to do today. And God, that we would be people who aren't just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And that we would be caused to movement by your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, bottom line, God wants to use you to help people see Jesus. Guys, you get to be a part of it. You get to be a part of welcoming people from being lost to being found. So, super simple. We're going to look at this passage and pull some things out as ways, three ways specifically, that we can help people see Jesus. Ready? Here we go. Number one, be among them. Be among them. Jesus was hanging out with John, and as John was there, he was there with his two buddies. Jesus was just among them. He was in their midst. He was around people. And because of that, they were pulled to who he is. Philip, we see, he was, must have been friends with his buddy Nathaniel because he's like, hey, Nathaniel, come with me. And even though Nathaniel scoffed, he was with him, right? So part of what we've got to be, guys, is we have to be around people, right? You can't sit in a closed room and expect people to see the light of Jesus, can you? No. We've got to be around people. Let's take another look from a different example of Jesus in Mark chapter 2, verse 13 through 17. It says, Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, so he's just walking along, he's around people, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Pause for a moment. Tax collectors were the people you did not want to hang out with, right? Okay? Who even doesn't like the tax man today? Okay, so sorry if you work for the IRS and you're a tax man. We love you. We don't like what you do, okay? That's the same thing here. Here we go. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. When Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house. Okay, pause again. He was what? Having dinner at his house. He was among them. Many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? I mean, what is he doing here, right? And on hearing this, Jesus said to them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Guys, in this situation, Jesus is saying like, hey, I want to be around you, tax collectors and sinners. And hey, word to the wise, we're all sinners. And Jesus already welcomed us into the family. And there's other people that he's like, I just want to be around you. And it's our job to be around them. So I want to ask you a couple questions. Who have you maybe written off as too far from God? Is it maybe an estranged family member that you haven't talked to in years and you're kind of just angry at them and so you don't even want to talk to them about it? Who is it that you wouldn't even attempt to share Jesus with because you may even think they don't deserve it? Maybe it's the guy at work and you, you know he actually has a criminal record and you're just like, I don't want to touch you with a 10-foot pole, bro. Who is it that's around you that you're not even sure they deserve to hear about Jesus? But here's what Jesus says. What did he say? I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. 
He wants everyone in. Guys, Jesus loves the marginalized and the outcast. I don't know if you remember the story in the Old Testament. We've got Abraham. He's supposed to be like the, the man of the hour, right? And God said, I'm going to give you a lineage that will like be as vast as the stars. And Abraham and his wife do a silly thing. And instead of getting pregnant, they try and get pregnant through his uh, through his wife's assistant. It's crazy. Anyway, they do, she does, the assistant gets pregnant and then the wife gets angry, which I don't get it quite, but they push her out. That's really where I want to get to. They push her out. She's marginalized and outcast. And she's sitting there and sobbing and she's got this new baby that was conceived not correctly, but guess what? God comes to her and he talks to her and she responds to him and she says, El Roy, you are the God who sees. He sees the marginalized and the outcast and he gave a promise and a blessing to her even though they went about the whole situation the wrong way. God still saw her and he blessed her. There are people that are marginalized and outcast, but God sees them and he has a blessing for them and he wants to use you to speak into their life so that they can receive that blessing. Guys, we have got to be with people on their terms. It is often not like, you meet a random person and you're like, hey, come to church with me. And they go, yes, I want to go to church, right? No, that's not how that works most of the time. Most of the time, it's a long building into the relationship, giving, like getting relational equity with them, right? But you have to be kind of in their spot. So years back, I worked as a um, temp at this company and a whole bunch of us got hired at the same time as temps. And after work, they were all like, let's go out to happy hour. Now, I grew up in a family that like alcohol is just not part of our lives and there's some past with that. But anyway, I was like, can I go to happy hour? Like, is that okay? But I felt like this thing from the Lord, go with them, be in their midst. And I did, and I didn't drink, but I was just with them, and I heard conversations, and I just built relational equity with them. Months and months and months after I quit working there, I get a message from one of the girls there, and her daughter's in this, like, really difficult situation. And she reached out to me because she saw the light of Jesus in my life, and because I had been in her midst. I didn't keep her at arm's length because you live a different life than me and I can't be a part of that. No, I stepped into her life and was among her. And that's what we need to do. Now, I'm not telling you if that you have an alcoholic past that you should go to a bar with people. That's unwise. Don't do that. But where do you have common ground with some people? Where do you have circumstances where you could already be in their midst. Maybe you, both of your kids are soccer players, so you get together on a Saturday morning and you like play soccer together. Or maybe you both really love to read the newspaper, so you sit at a Starbucks to read the newspaper together. Whatever it is, guys, we've got to find common ground. But it takes time, doesn't it? It takes long-term investment. My buddy Chris Ayala is like amazing at this. He works at Starbucks, and so he's in a very secular environment, but everybody is attracted to Chris. Why? Because he's winsome and he's not judgmental. 
And when stuff hits the fan, because it often does, because we live this side of heaven, right? They come to Chris, and he could probably tell you umpteen stories of back of people's lives. And it's just because he's building relational equity. He's always listening to what they have to say. He's just in their midst. Now you might be going, hey, Erica, great. I'm not a Chris Ayala. I'm not winsome and super relational, and I don't know that I can do this. Well, here's a couple of what-ifs that you might be saying. Well, what if I don't have all the answers? You don't have to have all the answers. And actually, how many of you know that sometimes when somebody doesn't have the answer, your heart actually begins to love them more because you're like, oh, yeah, you're a human too. You don't know the answers? Great, cool. Maybe your what-if is... I'm already dealing with doubt myself. Like, I can't convince somebody. Hey, here's the thing. You don't have to convince them. And again, if you're doubting, they probably are too. And maybe you can grow to the Lord together and just say, let's, let's figure this out together. Maybe you would say, hey, uh, who am I to go be telling people to love Jesus? I have not done this thing perfectly. Good. They haven't either. And none of us are. The Bible says that none is righteous, no, not one. And you can say, hey, my God loves me even with all of my past. And he loves you too, even with all of your past. And maybe you might say, wait, hold on a minute. What if they just hate me and spit at me? You're in really good company because they did that to Jesus. And it's okay You don't have to win them over day one. You're probably not going to do that anyway, but you just get to be faithful and plant the seeds. Let's take the pressure off of ourselves to have one conversation and get people to instantly walk into the kingdom of heaven. No, listen, that is Jesus' job. He is going to sow the seeds that you've been planting, and he's going to bring things to fruition. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have it put all together. Jesus will do that. You just get to be a small glimpse of God's heart toward them. So what common ground do you already have? What stores and locations do you already frequent? So I kind of live in this holy bubble, which sounds really bad, but like my kids go to Christian school. Brandon, my husband, works here at the church. I'm not really out in like the secular world very much, but what I'm realizing is little touches with people at the grocery store little smiles, little, hey, how's your day going? And actually seeming like I care because I actually do. And praying for them after I leave, or maybe if the Holy Spirit says, pray for them right now, saying, can I pray for you right now? And letting that be okay. And even if I get a no, I'll say, that's okay. I'll be praying for you this week. So what common ground do you already have? What clubs and sports and recreational activities are you already involved in? One of the people that I really love on Instagram right now, and social media can be great and it can be horrible at the same time, is this lady named Amy Hannon, and her Instagram handle is Unimaze. Anyway, she is a pastor's wife. Again, told you, I live in a holy bubble and I follow pastor's wives. But what I love about her is her simple way of showing people God's love is when she's cooking a meal, she makes double the portion, and then she stops and says, God, who do you want me to give this to? And then she just bags it all up and brings it to somebody. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's somebody down the street. Maybe it's a neighbor who just moved in. Guys, it doesn't have to be this grandiose, huge thing. It's just what little step can you take to help people see Jesus? Good. And then there's no ulterior motive with this, guys. 
We can't say, okay, well, since you said no, I'm not going to be your friend anymore. No, your love isn't conditional upon them coming to Jesus. We just need to be a demonstration of God's love toward them right then. Sound good? All right, let's keep going. So number two, we just need to be in their midst now. Or Sorry, that was number one. Number two, we need to share what we've seen and accept them right where they are. Just tell what you've experienced. Do you remember that? Andrew instantly went to his brother Simon, and Philip instantly went to his buddy Nathaniel. And what did they do? They were like, we've seen the Messiah. They just got excited. Can I pause for a second? When was the last time you got excited about the things of God? When was the last time that your heart just burned and you were like, oh my goodness, I've been in the Lord's presence and I just got to tell you about it. You don't have to have all the answers, but you can just say, here's what I've experienced. Here's what I've seen God already doing, right? And then what was Nathaniel's response? Nazareth. What good can come from that, right? So, but Philip, after he said that, it wasn't like, bro, come on, let go of all the negativity and stop questioning everything. He's just said, come and see. It's okay, guys. People don't have to have the right understanding of who God is. You just get to have unconditional love to them, and you get to share with them who God is. Just because somebody has a gruff exterior doesn't actually mean that they're completely closed off. We need to be gentle and gracious. One of the things that we believe firmly here is acceptance is where the conversation begins. It's part of our fierce code. People are in all kinds of live stories and backgrounds and history, and you don't know where they are, but acceptance, just loving them right where they're at, that's where the conversation begins. People can feel whether you're judging them or not. They don't need to be judged. I'm sure they're judging themselves already enough. We need to accept them right where they are. A long time ago, I met with a girl. She'd been coming to church here for a while, and I had kind of known her tangentially from, like, back in college days. But she was like, hey, can we get coffee one day? And I was like, yeah, sure. So we we go and sit down, and we have coffee, and we're talking. And then she's like, hey, can I tell you something? I was like, sure. I'm gay. I was like, okay. She was like, wait, 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 wait. No, I'm sorry. I just told you that I'm gay, and you're a church person. You're supposed to be angry at me and yell at me. And I was like, no, girl, I love you. You're still friends with me. I'm not going to like cut you off because we're not friends anymore. Like, I love you right where you're at. She started crying. She's like, I've never had a conversation with that. Most people start yelling at me or telling me why it's a sin or telling me all those things. And I was like, I bet you probably already know all that. So I don't need to tell you that. But hey, I just love you. And her heart shifted. Acceptance is where the conversation begins. Even Jesus, as Nathaniel came back and meets Jesus, Jesus isn't like, hey, I saw you under that fig tree and I heard you scoff at Philip. How dare you scoff? I'm the Messiah. Listen, you should wise up here. No, he's like, here's a true Israelite in whom there's nothing false. He just saw him right where he was at. He affirmed him. He accepted him. And then he brought him into the family. So what do we need to do? We need to, number one, be among them. We need to, number two, share what we've seen and accept them. And number three, we just need to extend the invitation. It's really kind of that simple. You just need to be around them. 
Guys, they don't have to have the perfect understanding of who Jesus is, right? Again, Nathaniel was like, Nazareth, you've got to be kidding me. No, we just need to invite them. Like Philip, what did he say? He said, come and see. Like just, I mean, experience it for yourself. Just try it out. Come and see. Now, I don't know if you caught it as I was reading through all of these verses, but there's a really cool pattern that arises through this whole thing. These phrases often include sight, being seen and looking. In John 1, 39, it says, come, he replied, and you will see. John 1, 46 says, come and see. It's this invitation, just come and see. And then what does Jesus respond? John 1, 48, Jesus answered, I saw you. I saw you. Guys, Jesus already sees them. Jesus already sees the people that you and I are around. He already sees the people that your hearts ache for because you want them to come and be a part of the family. He already sees them. These days we live in, they seem dark. They seem dark, right? I mean, and it feels like it's only getting darker. Praise God that he is the light of the world and nothing is hidden from his light. So we need to, here's our bonus number four. We just need to entrust them to Jesus. God is the light. Jesus is the light of the world. And it's not our job to take them from hearing to actually becoming part of the family. We need to entrust them. Remember Hagar? She says, Elroy, you're the God who sees. He sees the people that our hearts break for and the ones that we judge. He sees them. And he wants them in too. I've been reading through um, the Old Testament and I've recently been in First and Second Kings. And in First Kings chapter 18 and 19, we, we see Elijah. He just experienced like this massive work of God, but he just got downcast. And he just got sad and confused and lonely. And so he kind of runs away. And God doesn't meet him and chastise him and yell at him for how... You just saw me do all this crazy stuff. Why are you hiding, Elijah? No. He wakes Elijah up after he's had a nap, and he gives him some food, and he says, eat and rest. So he does, and Elijah lays back down, and he wakes him back up and says, eat and rest. And then Elijah runs even farther because he's still just not sure. It just all seems dark and scary out there. God meets him at the mouth of a mountain, And he tells him, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord's about to pass by. All of Elijah's issues were real. All of the heaviness and the darkness that he was feeling was real. There was really dark stuff that he was encountering. Maybe you are in the middle of some dark stuff and you're feeling a little bit lost. There's a lot of people all around you who are feeling lost. They may not have the words to say it even, but I promise you they're searching because God placed it in the heart of man to desire him. We're not whole without him. Elijah, he just needed to stand in the presence of God. And even though everything was dark and scary, it all started to kind of make a little more sense. And he started to get some peace. It's our job, guys, 
not to solve people, not to be Holy Ghost Junior, not to try and get them to do all the right things and be perfect. No, it's just our job to welcome him into God's presence. And he does the rest. It's his job. Uh, As I was prepping for this message, I was just sitting there at, at Starbucks. It's my place to go. And I had my Bible open and I'm just reading and a random dude walked by me and he goes, that, that's a good thing. I was like, my Bible? Are you, is that what you're talking about? He's like, yeah. Without it, we'd be lost. And I wrote down exactly what he said because I was like, this is so fitting, Jesus. He doesn't have any idea that I'm talking about being lost and being found. But guys, God's presence, we have it through the Holy Spirit, but we have a lot of who he is, his character in God's word. We have to be in God's word so that we can share God's word. If we want to be a light that God says we are, we have to be filled with his light. He first says, I am the light of the world. And then he says, you are the light of the world. Don't go out and be hidden. Go stand on a mountaintop. Let everybody see the light. That's what we get to do. What a filling thing to be able to invite people and show them the love of God. So let's let's do this, guys. Take a second. Who are the Nathaniels in your life? Who are the people that maybe Jesus is bringing to mind right now? Man, I see them. Like, God, open my eyes. I want to see them like you see them. Help me to love them. I'm already around them. What am I going to do next? Whatever the Lord is bringing to mind, we got to remember, Jesus saw them first. And he wants to use you to help people see him. All right, would you guys pray with me? Jesus, we thank you so much that you see us and you see the people that you want to draw to your heart. I'm just blown away, God, that you allow us to be part of that story. You allow us to be part of the rescue mission. We get to go into all the world and preach the gospel God, I pray that you would help us to have a stronger conviction to be the light. It doesn't have to be huge. We don't have to be Billy Graham or Craig Groeschel. We can just be us. Bring a meal, share a smile, tell them about what we've experienced in you. Help us to be more bold, Jesus, to just share what we've seen and then to entrust them to you. We love you, King Jesus. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining us today. If you don't have a home church and you're looking for a Bible-preaching community that has its heart set on passionately knowing Jesus and being His witness in our generation, check out Church. We'd love for you to join us either digitally or in person. Also, if you're looking for leadership development-related content, don't forget to check out the Fierce Leadership Podcast, available wherever you get your podcast from. Special thanks to those of you who give generously to support this ministry. It's because of you that this is possible. You can click on the link in the description to give now or visit fierce.church for more information. If you enjoyed this podcast, why not subscribe, share it with your friends, click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on social media or wherever you would share such things. Whatever challenges you're facing, I know you can make it. Don't give up. Hang on to Jesus. He won't let go of you. Jesus loves you so much, and we love you. I hope someday we get to meet in person. Thanks again for listening.